So hi guys, welcome back. This is now episode two of the Michael Earth Show. And today we've got a good friend on, is Mr. Matt Brown. And he's going to talk to us all about creating irresistible offers and persona, persona building. Um, so f- first of all, how are you, Mark? I'm very good, Michael, and it's good to see you. Uh, wishing you a happy new year. I haven't really spoken to you since before uh, Christmas and the new year. Hope it went well for you. Uh, went well here. Very quiet. Uh, we're in lockdown. I presume you're in the same thing. So plenty of time to be strategic uh, about your business if you're an entrepreneur or a small business. Um, and so, yeah, happy to, to be on the show. And thanks for inviting me. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's, it's a great talking to you. And plus, I just like your voice. That sexy pilot <laughs> voice comes through all the time. So, yeah, hopefully your seats are in the upright position and your tray tables are in the <laughs> locked and upright. And we'll take you on a, a good flight this evening. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you coming on. But one of the things I wanted to say about um, you, Michael, that like since I've, I've, I've not known you that long, but uh, one of the things I, what I like that you do and your mindset, and I hope this comes across to your audience um, as, a, as a, something I'm calling out, and I would encourage people to do because I'm, I'm, I'm learning from you as well, um, is the way you have that um, focus on who um, you're serving, whether it be in terms of a conversation, whether you're serving a customer, I am a client of yours, uh, or, or whether you're calling out a, a, a tactic or strategy, um, you always come at it from the point of view of who's being served. So I always like that about you. So looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, uh, do you want to introduce the uh, to the audience a little bit more about yourself, uh, your background and how you became a business owner yourself? Okay, well, um, uh, it could be a long story, but it's essentially I have over 15 years of a background in corporate IT and blue, the blue chip market. I've done everything from the eng- software engineering side, hardware engineering side. Um, I've done technical writing. I've been in uh, customer support, support management. Uh, and I've done marketing and I moved then from marketing to direct sales. Um, so I go, go back to a company called EMC, which no longer exists, bought out by Dell. Uh, but I, um, I basically, because I had that ex- experience when I ended up in marketing, I ended up doing a master's in, uh, design research an agile methodology because I was working on a particular project in that particular project the techniques that I learned and, and from being in the in the, the IT market I learned things about personas I learned things about ideation uh, about iteration about AB offers etc and how corporations actually zero in and focus on their customers so that I took a project that was had a 56,000k budget and in its first year I had an ROI of 24 million by its second year, we were bought out, so I can't give official figures around that, but we were targeting before things broke up about 200 million. I then went into a, a sales support role in that company and then took a package, joined a, a small company for a while, was helping them develop their, their, their sales because they were a startup. And then when March of 2019 happened, um, I took uh, basically 
became uh, uh, one of the casualties, shall we say, of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then I decided, what the hell, I'll start my own business. And I think by July, I kind of figured out that entrepreneurs who I envisioned were really saintly people who got it and were very strategic and very customer focused and weren't uh, distracted by um, politics were just actually just as bad as um, the corporate execs that I used to work with and have to influence. So I realized that a lot of my qualifications that I'd been, been ignoring because I took a dive in and I had the shiny object syndrome and I was going after different offers. I finally realized that there is a gap in the small business entrepreneurial market, especially in the social online market of knowing who your customer is, serving your customer from that point of view, and actually having a strategic way of, of approaching that, that builds what I call the irresistible offer. Um, and that's what I, what my business focuses on. I created a, a, a group called the Design Hackers Guild that teaches people how to do that. I coach customers and clients on that. I've got software that helps people pull in certain amounts of data that are required to, to help them develop that uh, personas and all the other information that they need to serve customers. So that's my long and rather drawn out story. It's, to be honest, it's not that long. I'm sure you could have gone into a lot more details over things <laughs> and stuff like that. It's really not that, that long in comparison to, to your life. So, <laughs> it, comes to, it comes to the first question that I have um, mm -hmm. that I have for you. And is, is there such a thing? Is there such a thing as an irresistible offer? No, there is not. <laughs> um, and because, and the way I, I teach this is there's no such thing as an irresistible offer. There isn't the universal irresistible offer. Okay. Um, there's ways and means I could say vanilla ice cream and someone somewhere will go, no, hate that, right? I cannot make an irresistible offer. But because irresistible offers don't exist, it means that we have the capability of trying to create them. But what we do when we try to create that irresistible offer is we have to get to know the people who want what we can offer them. You need to know who you are, what, you know, no, you need to know a bit about yourself. And that's the first thing you need to do is really to zero in what you're good at um, and what, what is your focus? What are you passionate about and what are you and not, and not so much I'm passionate about a science, science fiction a series or a football team. I'm passionate about helping someone deliver something. For me, I'm passionate about getting people to sit down and actually get, get an idea of their ideal customer with the persona uh, to the point where I would do it for free if I could. Um, and if you've got something like that that you're passionate about, then you go out and find the people who need your services and kind of get an idea of what they're going through. And this is why I, I, I think back in the first lockdown out of the series of lockdowns that we've been in, but back in March when it was all brand new, I saw that every consumer out there or every person that was a customer of somebody somewhere, their lives were going to change. And a lot of businesses weren't able to pivot somewhere and some did rather spectacularly, especially restaurants with takeaways and um 
who who were able to to do that that's kind of a you could say that's an obvious one well it mightn't have been for a fish restaurant that was you know top end they a lot of people a lot of our uh, businesses had to pivot now it's been there's a lot of a lot of pressure on them and I'll, I'll come back to that later in terms of what people can do now because there's there's a disconnect um and I'll talk about that aspect of the design hackers guild later but in terms of everybody every business in the world has should be now sitting down and strategically looking at what is the lay of the land for my customers i need to go and talk to my customers what are they going through right now what can i do to to make things better and that could mean a complete pivot and change into what you do as to what what product and offer or service that you provide but again if you're focused on serving that customer and you know the things that you're good at that can serve a customer that's where you um can be effective and that that's what's important yes it's, it's very important um so i mean you touched on it slightly briefly um in that little bit of insight that you just give us there but mm. uh what do you believe that should come first do you believe that you should um do you believe that you should work out your customers first, or do you rec- or do you should believe that you should focus in on yourself first, um, and really get to know what you want to do in the world before actually starting a business? Or I think I think that um, having jumped in in the deep end, and uh, I put my hands up. I am a sinner, miserable sinner. I jumped in first to try and get into affiliate marketing, and. It was I because I didn't know who I was. I didn't sound confident because I didn't know what I was offering. I was confusing my prospects to the point where they'd say no thanks because they, they, I wasn't I wasn't I, I didn't know what they wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. So I think that 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 whole idea of personal development is is really about getting a clear picture of who you are and what you're good at, and accepting that you're you're good at that. Um, and I think that's the the first step. You do have to know who you are. And I don't. And, and again, there's you can get a coach that can help you clear that up. But fundamentally, you do before you need to, or you if you don't do it before, you learn like I did that you do have to sit back and say, who you know, what am I good at? What can I actually be effective at? That I know that I I'm, I'm very good at uh, and. Even if other people don't get it, the people who do, who I'm trying to serve, will totally get it because you can't please everybody. And once you have that perspective about yourself and you're sitting comfortably with it, which you should be, that's where you're able to take that clearer picture of, uh, you know, I need to help someone. Um, and I think that's that's a lesson for anybody stepping into business for the first time is don't just jump in and spray and pray because it doesn't work. You need to know who you are. And at the end of the day, you're not selling your product or services per se, you're selling yourself. Just like you are, Michael, building your brand, I'm building my brand around who I am, selling myself. And from that, I can sell the services and things that I'm good at doing and help uh, people. They're they're buying, like I'm, I'm, that's the work I do, but they're buying me. And I think that's the same with anybody working with you or anybody else out there. That's the way it should be. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's the case even with affiliate marketing? Though, when you are promoting yeah. somebody else's 
product and they're still binding to you oh god yes i i am one of these people who uh what's his name um can't think of it right now i buy in i'm i've seen this as well the the capitalist pig guy does used to work in funnels oh, um, steve larson steve larson Steve Larson will say this as well and will endorse this if he's watching. Hi, Steve. Uh, but it, it, he's, you have to sell yourself you, it, it, more so in affiliate marketing than if you, because you can't, it, it's not about the product. It's about you, you and building the relationship with someone who's going to invest in that product because they're working with you. Is it, when you're building an affiliation, you should be looking at it from the point of view of the, you're, you're bringing on people to work with you and they're essentially business partners and you look at it as, as a business. It's not just uh, a customer who's gonna buy a pair of shoes and go off and, and leave again. There's a relationship. And even if you're a shoe salesman, you should be building a relationship. And that's why the best shoe salesmen uh, are, you know, that's how we define better salespeople than other people. But when you're in affiliate marketing, it has to be about you and what you, because you, people are gonna buy the belief you have in what you're selling as an affiliation. That's my point of view anyway, and I think Steve Larson, I, I, I go along with Steve Larson in that regard. Oh, I agree. Uh, definitely when it's um, when you are coming at affiliate marketing more as a, as a sales position based yeah. um, position, uh, then, yeah, I do believe that that's, then they're essentially buying into you, um, nothing else. Okay, there's affiliate marketing where you can do it slightly different from that, and it's mm -hmm. it's more hands off. And then I'm probably guessing that they're not really buying it for you; they're just buying it for your points of view, which is a slightly yeah. different thing. But still, no, it, it evolves. It all yeah. evolves around you. Mm, absolutely, it, and it, it evolves around your brand. And not that I meant this conversation to go into the personal brand area, but in terms of, um, you know, to get through the ideal buyer, you would want to have your personal brand sorted. And that that's in, in terms of coming at it from the point of view of d doing things that cost nothing, you know, um, uh, following up with customers and not selling to them, kind of having the conversation with them, figuring out what it is that they're trying to, what, what pain they have. And if your offer actually, um, sorts them out it may be a case and 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 like a lot of people when they when they when i'm hit up by bitcoin miners like i mm -hmm. i go back at them and try and figure out what you know you know what's your point of view of selling this uh you know what's it done for you they're not very clear about that you know, and uh, customers can come back at you at that, but the, you might be in a position where I, I, you, Michael, for instance, if I was serving you and you're not really, okay, you've got the persona down, but maybe you don't have something that's in terms of uh, something else, but I know an another guy, maybe you're, you're struggling with sales. I can point out several other people who I'd recommend to you, who I work with, like, uh, you know, Rory, you know who, who Rory is, as an example, and say, you should talk to Rory because, he's the guy i would refer you on i get nothing back from that other than the fact that i referred that guy later and he might refer other people to me because of what i'm offering because they're missing that and again it, it is it's about that personal branding and rapport and underneath that is serving 
the person that you're talking to. It's critical. It's critical. Um, so, yeah, do it. just to let you guys know uh, at home that these interviews that I do, they're completely unscripted. So if they go in one direction, they're going one direction. So just like Mark said, he didn't want it, didn't want it to go to personal branding as such. But, you know, it happens. Personal branding is big, massive. It's, it's a big, massive subject uh, yeah. in recent years um, because the, the consumer, the customer, uh, has started to realise more about, um, that, well, it, it, the, the trend's just being that we're, we're moving towards a, a direct-to-consumer yeah. um, direct world. Uh, we, we now live in the age of the internet. The cost of entry to enter nearly every field out there is ridiculously lower than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not talking about doctors here or, or anything specialist where it requires massive amount of qualifications. But, you know, you have a master's. It's sat there behind you proudly. Yeah. It's nice. It's fantastic. But really, what's more important is the experience that you've had in the years leading up to where you are now, rather than the actual qualification sound or what. And the reason why that is, 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 is because... Uh, experience is is a lot. Experience is a lot more valued rather than um, knowledge on a piece yeah. of paper. Um, so, with us going to a more direct to consumer world, um, personal branding's risen. A hell of yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it, it's it's part of. It's now part of forming a business. Can you do? Can you can you form a business without personal brand? Of course you can. I'm not going to say you can't. You can do it with no face. It's going to be harder, but you can yeah. do it with no face. Yeah. Uh, um, well, if you want to go the Coca-Cola route, like <laughs> how long have they been in business, and how long did it take them to get to where they are? Um, and again, the thing is, when, when people bring up the Coca-Cola thing and other big brands out there, right, yeah. at some point in time, there wasn't a name. Yeah. Right? And there, there, wasn't, there wasn't a brand name. You wouldn't have known of Coca-Cola when they first started because it, it didn't exist before, before then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we all hear the stories of how Coca-Cola got started and this and other, but do we actually know how much how much was personal branding along with Coca-Cola in the initial first starting to get into where Oh, I'd say, I'd say it's absolutely critical. And, and with personal branding, it came around what was talked about, about the product where it was available. It was usually available in those um, particular shops. And the, the, the whole idea was they were targeting the purveyors of that they, they like they're going to they were essentially chemist shops and coca-cola was an energy drink there was a small amount of cocaine in it like you'd have to drink tons of it to to go off your head but it gave you that boost in energy and it was it was targeting those people who are looking for that sort of health, health kick and what that needed to do then was to build a persona around that that was professional um 
and uh, in 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 those regards i'd say a lot of personal branding was around it i mean even with uh if we go for another product which was you know the the firearm the call 45 right you can you look up marketing and google marketing for the call 45 that how you can see the whole personality around that in like the the wild west and for for people who are rustling are not rustling but um not stealing cattle but you know protecting cattle and, and all these things you can feel the persona that's around it and and again uh you know uh, there's even the cigarette brand what was it uh, the marlboro man right hmm. that created the whole yeah. character around that now whether it's it's healthy or not that's not i'm talking about the branding aspect of it there was a personal brand around that and you that's the thing that we do as well is is that with those products whether it's coca-cola or whether it's the, these headphones that i have you've got that personal when i when i looked at these headphones i saw myself wearing them and talking so I, I made an association with it and I saw myself in it. And that's the other aspect of your products and your service or whatever you're offering is that people see themselves experiencing it. Um, and that, that's the other side of the personal branding, Mark, is that if you're putting forward something, that, that personal branding has to resonate with other people who, who have an association with you. Or, or an association with your product so they they kind of they're the look and feel or how they'll feel experiencing it needs to be clear to them and you need that you definitely need personal branding around that to to kind of give that confidence of well i use it too and you know i, I, I with the cigarettes you've got the marlboro man or the the, the, the headphones or the the, the ipod or the ipad you could all see people using it. There's that whole whole personal um, affiliation with it. So your personal branding is also part of the, your advertising for the product, but it also projects, if people make an association with your personality, Michael, or my personality, they project themselves into what you're doing. And they project and they, they start to envision themselves using the product, service, or offer that you're um, purveying. So yeah, yeah personal branding is a big, it's a big, big topic. Massive topic. So let's move on to niche versus persona. <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, uh, and as a man of, 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 of science, uh, I've, I've actually a bachelor's in science as well as a master's in science. Um, when I was studying regular science in ecology, niche was al always referred to a particular bio, uh, biome and biomass that uh, occupied that biome. And when marketing jumped on that, because they said, oh yeah, that looks like you know people in a particular demographics, etc. Unfortunately, um, the it was more scientific marketing that picked niche that picked it up from um the science the, the, the biological scientists uh and unfortunately because marketing gurus jump on terms like millennials and gen x and everything else niche got thrown in there and what niche me now means uh is not the same thing what the way i describe niche if you go for a literal translation, it's a hole in the wall. So that, that's, if you look at niche, it means hole or hole in the wall. Um, with personas, it, it, it's about people. 
And the way I, I look at it is, is that um, your niche or, or the other one that's used is avatar. And, avatar, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and an avatar can be a statue or a teddy bear and people make, they can associate with it. But that's not the same thing as say a driver's license. A driver's license to me is a persona because it's actually a, a, a it gives information about me, which is not me, that facilitates me in hiring a car, buying alcohol, opening a bank account, um, or before Brexit, um, just using that to to get a, get on a flight to to fly over to the UK and hang out with you. But um, <laughs> the point is is that it is accepted by businesses as a form of identification. And if you look at your driver's license, I won't pull it out because we want to protect people's data, but it not only has your picture and your signature, but it's all got the, the vehicles that you can drive, all sorts of different details, when the, the license, um, et cetera. That is a full on persona. So when you're talking about niche, that's really that what that could be be is in terms of a marketing terms is a general areas and demographics that you're going after and there's nothing wrong with that but trying to build an offer around a niche is insane because you're serving people and you need to think of the people to just create these driver's license or that's essentially why, the way I, I, I tell people how to create personas you're creating these driver's licenses or these um, I suppose uh, I mean, the other way of looking at it is, um, you know, these, uh, what do you call them? Rap sheets, right? <laughs> so you've got the, the, the picture of, of, your, uh, of your criminal with their details and the, the, the crimes they committed. But it's to kind of get that idea. Again, that's a persona that gives you, that's a file or a rap sheet that police use to, to look at suspects and to see if they actually match up with the crime. Um, it's that's that's the kind of work you're doing. You're looking at um, you're looking at your audience or your potential audience in the particular area of what they're using or your product service or uh, whatever offer the offer is that you're planning to do, and you need to kind of get an idea of what their personality is. Um, and niche or avatar doesn't do that. A niche and avatar allows you to project your persona into what you're doing and what happens then is if you do it that way you'll start creating offers and ideas and websites that suit you the minute you turn it around to a customer they're going to turn around and say that, that that doesn't suit me at all you need to take yourself out of the equation as detectives do and get into the mind of the criminals but in, in this case the customers and start writing out what their desires are um where they live, what's the likelihood they married, they're not married, they got kids, they gym members, they're not gym members, and de getting down on those details and creating that, uh, their favorite ice cream, their favorite TV program, they're crazy, this particular character is crazy about the, the TV series The Expanse or someone else is mad about Coronation Street, that you get very, very, very specific. You start then associating with them and you take, I know what I talked about earlier is getting your customer to associate with you. You start to associate with your customer about what their, uh, what their desires are, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what they're worried about, what, um, 
what delights them, what really annoys them, um, and what they're what they're trying to achieve. That's the that's the difference. A persona is about the human centered aspect of it taking and and it stops you projecting yourself into what you're putting together and you start projecting the people that you're serving into what you're putting together so how powerful is 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 going that route of personas and being um, customer centric uh, when combining it with marketing how powerful is that does it does that have a massive Anyone who uses the internet gets creeped out by the fact that they search something and then some something else co- comes up, or even worse still, you have a conversation with your wife about drills or cookers, and then you go to Google later on, and you st- as you're watching YouTube, you get ads about Harvey Normans or or something like that. That's freaky, and that's because um, it's powerful. The the reason uh, devices are listening to you, the reason. Facebook puts, pulls together all, all, all that data about you is to create that very specific offer for you. And in fairness too, like we can complain all we want about that being kind of creepy and it's kind of um, uncanny valley type uh, things. It's just a little, it's a little bit too much because well, you can't blame them. They're greedy um, and greed isn't, isn't, greed isn't always bad. Um, but greed drives innovation. Yes, it does. It does. It does. And I, I, Bitcoin is in a, a brilliant example of that. I think that I think that's driven purely by greed, and it's it's a great innovation. Um, and and look at the other altcoins. All I mean, that's another conversation for another day. But the 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 point is, is that um, if you combine a persona with with marketing, you nail it. I mean, even to the point where. Um, if someone does a search like a, uh, a, a housewife who is 45 years of age and they have teen kids, she's looking for a teen holiday. If they can capture that information and figure out that there's a lot of t- uh, uh, people who meet, meet that criteria we c- and we can ping them on particular addresses, we can start pushing out ads and nine times out of 10, the lady will get that particular ad. And then if they have that information they can sell it i mean i've been to switch in uh, las vegas where ebay has a massive literally uh, a football field in length of um servers uh, that are doing a lot of data crunching and analysis and you know what they do in ebay you can buy a model t ford uh, a pint of guinness or if you really want to, uh, you know, an old uh, German U-boat, anything you buy, anything on eBay, they're doing analytics to the point where they can go back to companies and they can go to Chanel, which they did. They said, do you know that um, there are people searching eBay for the 1947 bottle of Chanel? It was a kind of a sexy bottle and they want that. What did Chanel do? They bought that data off them. They put that offer out, uh, you know, the reintroducing this this bottle of perfume with the sexy thing, bought up like hotcakes because they're doing data analysis. And again, this is fundamentally what I'm trying to encourage people to do because it works. 
it works for the customer it works for you and it takes um it takes the spraying and praying away it, it, it changes it to a completely different level you look at ebay now they're making money hand over fist through data um, data analysis right that's why they're they, they don't care really about the auctions they're making it off the data analysis amazon the same thing amazon web services uh, Amazon should actually just be called Amazon Web Services with a gift shop attached to it. <laughs> they, um, they make millions and millions and millions off web services because they're able to spin up that virtually. And there's an awful, and, and why is it it's being spun up virtually? Because that's the next level of iteration of technology. And what's driving that? It's the greed about data, getting data on people to put together the offers. And an awful lot of smaller companies don't see that. They and, and, and in fairness to them, a lot of entrepreneurs who are, who start off have it all in their head. They know who their customers are, and they they, they they can go that way. The problem is, if you want to scale your business, you can't just pull out your brain and pull out those bits and show that to people. You have to build assets. You have to build data because some people may intuitively know who their customers are, but they're rare. We talk about them a lot. You can talk about Steve Jobs, for instance. He knew who his customers were. He knew what to do. Um, but again, in order for him to build that out, they had to build out assets and, and very, be very specific about who they're serving. McDonald's do this. They're very specific about their, so you can look their, their personas up. It's actually, you put, put me onto that, that they have a, a list. And it's amazing to the level of detail that they go, but that's what they do. And they're, the fact that they're able to, to share that information, uh, if you're not, if you're not able to write out who your customer is, um, and if you can't go to who you're working with, who you're partnering with, whether it's a family business, whether you're doing affiliation, if you can't get someone to, to do to write down the same thing as you do, you don't have your persona. That's why we build personas. That's why we do this data analysis. That's why we capture this data. And that's why I help people um, focus on that data. Yeah, definitely. So, so with that being said, can... Um, can businesses have multiple personas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, an example of that would be Dell. They sell servers. They sell cloud storage. They sell uh, multi-million dollar storage. And they sell laptops. And they even sell small devices. They've got personas about every one of those clients. You're like your, your blue chip IT company is going to have a hugely different persona compared to the small entrepreneur who wants his laptop or the gamer right they 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 the dell sell i think they sell gaming laptops they've got a gamer persona as well yeah, uh, and they're they're not they're not shooting in the dark uh I, yeah dell actually have a top end gaming laptop thing that that's talked about in the gaming world why because they went they learned about who the gamers were what they wanted and they built them what they wanted and now people talk about it and that's the other aspect of building personas is that it did these uh companies these big companies if they get it right to the point where customers are wildly excited about having the new iphone Who's doing their marketing for them? The wildly excited customers. 
And then if you pick on That's those wildly, yeah, and then, then if you pick out these wildly popular, excited customers, you've got influencer marketing. Now you give them the, the new phone before it comes out before everyone else and they do the marketing for you and they do it from the point of view of a customer. And they've all got their 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 own uh, their micro influencers. They've all got their own following that resonate with that persona. That's even better again, because I don't have to. As long as I know, say, one persona, I know millions of other personas. Because if I get it to the right influencer who has that following, because they resonate with him, if I know what resonates with him, I can resonate with his buyers, his audience. That's how it's done in the corporate IT world. Uh, and that's how it needs to be done in even the smaller businesses. And I, 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 now, specifically, we can't just get away with spraying and praying. People are getting very specific because they've got less money, because we have a dwindling economy. They're, they're getting, uh, like, a lot of people are tired of, the, of being given crappy offers. Uh, tired of being treated like crap um, and they're very discerning to the point you know if money is tight and they're discerning you've got harder work to do and the way you simplify that more is by focusing on who you're actually serving and how do you do that you capture the data that's around around that and I think that's more that today in 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 the current pandemic a lot of businesses should be sitting down and doing this work, sitting down and figuring out how they're going to to get an accurate picture, and 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 the fact that they do it once, they should be continuing to do it because everything is rapidly changing and an awful lot of uncertainty at this time. You get into that habit. When we get to the other side of it, you're going to be the company that has that habit. Um, per se, you you're going to be able to do what Apple did, maybe in a smaller scale. But you're going to have that relationship, rapport, everything else built up with that customer, and you've got them through hard times. They're going to be crazy about you. So. Definitely, definitely. So, um, your pet peeve, one of your pet peeves, is Amazon because you're yeah. you're a local guy at heart, and yep. you support local businesses, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely fantastic because you know there should be room for everybody in this world. But just going by what you said with everything's rapidly changing and such and such mm-hmm. and forth in this world that we're, we're in today, look at the beginning of January 2020, Elon Musk was not the richest man in the world. No. Jeff Bezos was. And his Jeff's stock in Amazon went up dramatically during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the beginning of this year, Elon Musk is now at the top. He is now the richest man in the world. Um, although I don't keep a track of it daily, so it might change by now, but mm. um, it, it certainly was um, just a few just a few short weeks ago. Um, the stock prices went up and it, it became top dog. Um, mm. But that goes to show something that small little changes – in, in in our lives can have massive impact in the real world. Absolutely. And if you if you're just playing the game um as it comes, so to think, so to think, and not 
uh, I'm not listening to the market, not listening to the to the data. I'm not producing goods by listening to to the data. Then you're going to be left behind. Yeah, surely. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what Matt does here um, in his business is something that it's something that's really uh, really important in today's world. Uh, and it was important years ago, but I believe it's more important now than it's ever been, ever. Would you agree on that, that it's more important now than it's well, ever been? Well, I, I am biased, but it, fundamentally, uh, back in July, when I, I, back in July, I did a Facebook video. I, I'm not, I wasn't as comfortable as I am now being on camera. And I, mm-hmm. Basically, saw so I was screaming at me like uh, uh, out out of a void, and I felt like I was, you know, John the Baptist, you know, <laughs> shouting in the desert, because nobody was. I uh, know I've eventually met people who do this, like yourself, but there was nobody that was focused on even pro- programs that I'd signed up to was talking about who the customer was. It was talking about, uh, uh, you know, this is what you can uh, you know, add this, add that. What if we had this? What if we had that? But there was no reference to the customer until later on, until this niche, your niche, you know, figure out what your niche is. You know, it, it, that's fine if you're doing a marketing de- a thing, especially on demographics. That's all valid, but that doesn't get you down to boots on the ground people that you're serving, people that want your product, people that want to have a good feeling when they're using your product. And if you're coming at them and, uh, um, with, with, with an offer and then these Bitcoin miners just, just come at you, you could be making this, you're making that, it's, without any substance as to you know, um, what it's done for you and that this is how it could, you know, you, you know, I understand that you're struggling with this, but this will make things easier. There's none of that. Um, and to get back to the fundamentals, it's about at the end of the day, and especially today, we have to realize we're serving people and there, there are an awful lot of people in pain. And particularly now, they're in so much pain that they're not going to put up with stupid people coming at them with spraying offers, look at my link or here's my product. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's it's a herbal tea. Um, it'll sort you out. That's not, you know, nobody's going to listen to that. Whereas before, you you might have had a customer that was willing to do their due diligence themselves and say, yeah, I'll buy it off you because I looked it up and yeah, I see it does this, that, and the other. But now they're so everybody is so anxious, and there's an awful lot of hysteria out there as well. It's going to be harder to be heard unless you're speaking directly to, to someone's heart, to get into the heart of the matter, the heart of the problem. And this is what we do in data science. It's called about getting to the heart of your, if you're building, say, an algorithm or something like that, it's the, the heart of your um, your data model. And the heart mm-hmm. of your data, data model is the person. It's the, it, it has to be focused on the, I, I say it's personas, it's people. It's people who have real problems that you can help them solve. It has to be about that. And if it's not, especially today, it's not going to work. 
Um, sorry, did you want to say something around about that? No, no, no. Come I, heard, I, I thought I heard something. Sorry. Um, because I, what I wanted to say is well, you focused there on about me focused on localities. And yes, I have a, a with with Amazon, as, as a friend of mine said, uh, Dermot Murphy, he's a local businessman here who I'm working with. Um, he says, Amazon doesn't sponsor your local football team, whereas your small businesses have always done that um, and probably haven't emphasized it enough. And small businesses have had the expletive deleted knocked out of them right they've had they've, they've they've suffered a lot and a lot of people have spent a lot there's a local restaurant down here that spent an awful lot of money for outside dining and then were told to close they mm -hmm. were doing their best to meet the conditions they were told to close and i think there's a whether you agree or disagree with the the, the, the government there has been from the small business's point of view there's just been draconian measures brought in without reason or argument especially when in our own community we were looking at how to manage things and everybody was by and large behaving properly socially distancing wearing masks dining outside and and trying to to support our own local businesses and i can't even do that now i can't go in uh I, there's a couple of places i can get takeaway from and i support them but other than that, there's it's difficult for even shoe shops to do and so forth. So from my point of view, especially now, small businesses not only need to look at what their customers are doing, but they also need to kind of come together in a way where they are able to offer a collective that gives a broader offer to their focus community and almost become an Amazon for the community. If that, if that makes sense. That's what I'm trying to encourage small businesses to do. And again, one of the frustrating things I have had to deal with is because they were in a panic to, to, to sell over the Christmas and beat the, get as much revenue in as they could before the next lockdown, I couldn't get them to look strategically as what comes after that. And what comes after that now, there's a lot of companies that are now reaching out to me saying we're in a complete mess. Whereas I wanted them to, to, to take the, the advantage of the Christmas idea. Yeah, definitely move your revenue, but pull, pull back yourself, let your staff do whatever. Let's put together something that pulls in an interest and start building around that after the, you know, after we close down. So I've harder work to do, but what, what I'm emphasizing here, and I'm sorry for going on a bit, but the for local businesses, they do need to band together. That's why I've created the Design Hackers Guild. Now it's granted it's a kind of a global community, but I'm trying to create that idea of the old merchant guilds that was more about the local problems, local businesses serving local situations, having local quality control, local um, local pricing setting, lo local things. Um, guilds get slated um in history books by different people but if you're looking back to when guilds first arrived that was after the black death where millions of people died to the point where you might be the single surviving person of a family of say 20. guilds arose from that because they created a whole community spirit and while we're not thanks be to god experiencing the deaths that that experienced we're still getting the, the effects of that pandemic where 
businesses, it's, it's commerce is really, really difficult. And I want to bring those communities together and again, get them to focus on what their customers are going through right now. And that's really critically important to me anyway. Um, it's why I'm very passionate about creating personas and very passionate about people to the point of building your business model around that persona not fitting your customer in you know shoving a square peg into a, a round hole but actually building around that that, that business model around your your customer because again we talked about it earlier it's powerful and then down the line when if we if we could pull off if, or if someone's watching here goes through that idea of, of even working with other businesses and building around that customer model creating as maybe a mini amazon of, of, of different businesses that serve that community they're going to be crazy about you when the, when things actually get good again and that's gonna they, they'll actually bring you more customers it, it allows you to expand bigger and that's what I was trying to get through to other businesses at the time but it's hard and I understand that because a, a lot of a lot of businesses and I know this owning a business revenue 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 you, you have to bring in revenue and I understand that you have to make sales or you're not in a business but at the same time um, when your sales dry up did they dry up because your product is obsolete or did you become obsolete in terms of your thinking Oof. Oof, yeah, powerful, powerful, that's powerful. So we've been on here now fifty minutes now. Uh, we're coming up towards the end of the end of the the show. Um, just quickly, is there anything else you want to get your point across? Um, I think just emphasis on personal branding. Get work out your kinks of your personal branding, and you don't have to be perfect. Um, uh, go design hackers guild. Um, see that now. Uh, the what was I gonna say? Uh, think local, think about your personal branding, and think strategically about your customers. Build personas. If you want to know more about personas, you can go to that link that Mike shared. Uh, or you can reach out directly to me um, on, I actually have a YouTube channel, uh, Design Hackers Guild. You can go there. I can share with the link with Michael later. Um, I've, I've also got the Design Hackers Guild group on Facebook um, and on LinkedIn. And you can look me up on Facebook. I'm predominantly there at the moment. Just Mark Brown with an E. Distinguishes us from the other Browns who are horse thieves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, in seriousness, um, Get your personal branding right. Figure out what you're really, really good at. Definitely focus on your locality because I think that's really, really important. And that's going to be a big differentiator in the in the way things are going. And build your, your business model around the personas and build a persona that is a, it's, it's sort of like a, a fictional representation of who you're, ideal buyers are and if you do that your offers your everything else moves that much smoother and quicker and even if you're making mistakes you'll make them that quicker and you'll be able to correct them that much quicker don't do that and you'll go down the road of even before this pandemic new uh, any new product 
that you introduce to the marketplace, Forbes did an article on this, 85% chance of you failing if you're introducing a new product, if you don't focus on designing your offer around your customer. So sorry for having yeah. on like that, but. Yeah. <laughs> fine it's absolutely fine so yeah guys uh as you can see there i've just dropped down if you go if you visit michaelalisonline.com forward slash go forward slash design hackers guild that will send you across to matt's beautiful website where i'll have a lovely picture of him on there and um a call to action to a free training do you want to just yeah. quickly run us by what this free training is that, well, that we actually have two we actually have two um free trainings at the moment uh, the first one is persona creation and i go through that uh it's very very specifically I, I highly highly recommend you sign up for it. it's completely free and even if i don't hear from you again if you're doing that i think that's wonderful the other one is uh and, and uh, again it's within design hackers guild is online marketing where I, I did a master class with myself and paul gray about that and again it takes the the aspect of persona creation and also uh, business model generation and ideation. But the, the first thing you need to do is create the perfect persona, and then you start building things around it, like your business model, like your ideation, and uh, your iteration, everything else. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. So yeah, if you just head over to michaelalisonline.com forward slash go forward slash design hackers guild, and that'll send you straight across to his website where you can check them out. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show again, Matt. Um, and I'm sure we'll do it again at some point. Yeah. It, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's been Likewise, fantastic having, you, having your insight on, on our show. Um, and that's been it for today's episode, guys. Uh, so make sure you tune in again for episode three. Episode three will be tomorrow. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again.